0: Welcome to the LifePoint Louisville podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Sean McGill. For more information about this podcast and for other resources, visit lifepointlou.org. Hey, I want to start by asking you a question, and uh, it's a question that Uh, I ask several times a year, and so if you're new to LifePoint, it'll be the first time for you, but if you call LifePoint home, uh, you're like, man, hasn't he already asked this question before? Yeah, I have, and in fact, I'll continue to ask it uh, probably for as long as we exist as a church, and so a couple times a year, i ask you this question, and the question is this, what is it that makes you feel fully alive? So what is the thing that makes you feel fully alive? Um, or or what is maybe the moment that makes you feel fully alive? What are the things that uh, make you feel fully alive? Maybe for you, it's anybody ever bought a new car, had the privilege of buying a new car, you got in, and it had leather seats. That's the best. And it just had that new car kind of smell. Only one of you. When you get in, there's just something about a new car smell. It's like, I made it, I feel like I gotta call mom and dad and you and say, we have arrived, this is incredible. Maybe for you it's a new car, maybe for you it's vacation. In fact, there's probably 50 or 60 spring breaking right now, cause it makes them feel fully alive, right? It's vacation, anybody ready for summer? This is like a year that we may get to travel again, all the summer travelers, I'm ready to travel again this year, um, you feel fully alive when you travel, right? I mean, isn't that why you work? uh, you know, 11 and a half, 11 and three quarters, actually months of the year. So you can take a week off. Why else would you work? (laughs) Forget paying bills and taking care. You need a vacation. And so you work hard for the vacation, uh, Maybe for you, you feel fully alive on a Saturday morning when you get to go hang out as a family. There's no distractions. The cell phones are off. You guys, you know, go for a walk down by the big four or whatever it is. You know, there's just moments in life that give you those feelings of fully alive, right? But how many of you know that those feelings don't always just stay with you? That as much as you'd love the feeling to just kind of go everywhere you go, uh, Saturday ends and that beautiful, glorious walk that made you feel fully alive in the moment Monday is over because you have to go back to work. The new car that smelled so good suddenly smells like french fries and, you know, if you have a kid, vomit and, you know, it's like, this was a good smelling car. The vacation has come and gone, and then it just leaves you dreaming for the next vacation. Yeah. Yeah. And and here's the thing: that's okay, right? I, I get it, and all of us. That's that's what we have to deal with. But I don't think Jesus ever intended that. Yeah. I don't think Jesus intended for the thing that makes us to feel fully alive be something that is fleeting, yeah. something that is temporary, that's here for a moment but gone tomorrow but i actually think he created us to have that feeling every day yeah. Yeah. to have a life that is fully alive that when you wake up it isn't based on your circumstances right. it isn't based on if you're at the beach or not at the beach yeah. if you're driving you know a car with leather or you're driving a car with ripped cloth yeah. it isn't based on you know the job that makes six figures or working you know as a barista it's just it, it's it's more than that it, it, it's, it's eternal. It's, it's something that, that brings lasting joy. You know, Jesus actually spoke to this in John 10 and 10. He said, this is why I came. I've actually come so that you could have life. This is salvation. And so this is really the theme verse of our church, actually. Uh, if there would be one verse that I would say this describes who we are as a church, it's this one, that Jesus came to give us life. I mean, if there was one thing that we would just kind of like beat that drum until, you know, it's like cracked to pieces and it cannot beat anymore, it would be this verse, that Jesus came to give you life. He came that you may have hope. He came that you could have, you know, uh, not just a good life now, but but a better life later and an eternal life with him. He came that you could have life, salvation, but then you would also have it to the full. That you would live a life that is fully alive. Yes, yeah. See, I, I think we we don't always wrap our head around that, right? We say yes to Jesus, and then our lives are only halfway sometimes. Yeah. Right, right. Because we're looking to the world to fulfill us. Yeah, we're looking towards temporal things to bring us joy. But Jesus said, this is not so. Yeah. This is not how it has to be. Yeah. When you say yes to me, I have something for you right. that is everlasting. Yeah. I have something for you that is a true joy. I have, I have life for you. I have a fully alive life for you. So the question is how? How do we tap into that fully alive life? How do we tap into the thing that Jesus came for? The thing that goes beyond the temporal. The thing that allows us to wake up every morning and say, God, you're good. This is the day that you have made. I rejoice in it. I'm glad in it. How do we tap in to that? Well, I think the Bible is full of ways that we can do that. Uh, But here's what I've found is true. That we'll never become more fully alive in life than when we commit to the person of Jesus. Okay, that's who Jesus is, a relationship with him, but also the purposes of Jesus. You should write that down. If you're taking notes, write it down. If you're not taking notes, you should actually write this down. Uh, You'll never be more fully alive than when you're committed to the person of Jesus in relationship with him, seeking to know him, okay, but then also committed to his purposes. And so that begs the question, uh, what is his purpose? I don't know if you know this or not, but Jesus had a purpose. And he was laser focused on it. In fact, he lived his life for 33 years focus on that purpose and that purpose guess what it was it wasn't a thing it was you and it was me and it was it was this fully alive life that he has for us see Jesus came on a rescue mission all of us the bible said were far from God but he comes so that we might have relationship with him and bridge the gap see if you read the beginning of your bible it says that sin created a gap between us and God And so Jesus came on a rescue mission to bridge that gap so that we could have a fully alive life. And so Luke 19.10, I think, states the purpose of Jesus clearer than any other scripture you could read. And it was this, that the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. You want to know why Jesus came? He came for you. He came for me. He came on a rescue mission to seek He came as a searcher to seek and to save. That's why he died on a cross this week, Palm Sunday. It would be the beginning of what would be, you know, the last days that Jesus would spend on the earth. What for? To save us. He came to seek and to save us. And then we talk about Easter Sunday, which is next week, and how because of that moment, okay, on a cross, Jesus then was buried in a tomb. But he didn't just, you know, bury, get buried and stay buried. But what did he do? He came alive. And so we celebrate that forevermore. And so that's what Easter is. But Jesus came on a mission. And his mission was to seek and save the lost. And I could talk so much about that. But here's what I want to talk about to, uh, you guys about today. And it's this, that, 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 that weeks or moments, we don't know exact timeline before Jesus would go to the cross. He looked at his disciples and he spent some time with them and he gave them this, this last command. We actually know it as the great commission. He said, Hey, I'm, I'm going to leave. I'm not going to be here forever. And I want to commission you to do something. This has been fun. We've had a good time. But when I leave, the job doesn't stop. It actually just begins. And so let me commission you, okay? Let me put hands on you and say, this is what I need you to do. I need you after I leave to go and tell everybody about my rescue mission. I need you to go and seek. You can't do the saving. I will do that on the cross. But you can do the seeking and tell them about the saving. And so, go and tell them that. Go and tell them that I came to save them. Go and seek for the lost. And he's like, if that will become your purpose, you'll live a life, I promise you, that's fully alive. You'll live a life of purpose, you'll live a life of hope. And so, Jesus left the earth and said, May this last command be your first responsibility. May the thing you wake up every day thinking about, talking about, dreaming about, may it be this. See, Jesus came, yes, for us to be, you know, happy in life, but more so for us to be fulfilled in life. And the way that we're fulfilled is when we tap into who he is, but we also tap into who his purposes are or what his purposes are. And so here's what I believe. And here's what I've seen true over my life as a Christian and, you know, over the last year of our life as a church, not quite a year, I guess we've been here for a year, but the church is like nine weeks old, technically. (laughs) Um, Life point, 16 years, I've seen this, that a church or a person is never more fully alive, never, than when it is relentless, relentless in searching for the lost. When it's relentless about it that says, you know what? I'll get up every day and I'll let his mission be my mission. I'll live my life in a way where the last command is my first priority. That's how you really live a life that is fully alive, when you connect to the person of Jesus, but also the purposes of Jesus. And so that's what I want to talk about today, how to connect to the purpose of Jesus, because he did come on a rescue mission, and he illustrates this all throughout the Bible. And he illustrates it in a passage of scripture in Luke that I think is so clear. And I want to read Luke 15 to you today, and I want to read a story that in one story tells three little stories, okay? It's a really great story. <laughs> one story tells three little stories that's really the why behind the what. And he says, hey, I wanna answer a question that you have with three stories that really explains exactly why I came and exactly what my purpose is. And so that's what I wanna do today. If so if you have your Bible, Luke chapter 15, verse number one, it starts this way. It says, now the tax collectors and sinners... Uh, If you work for the IRS, I am sorry, you got lumped in with the sinners. Uh, These were traitors of the day, okay? Don't lump yourself in today. Uh, But the tax collectors and the sinners were all gathered around to hear Jesus. Isn't it interesting? People not like God, liked God and gathered around God. They all gathered around. And it says this in verse number two. It says, but the Pharisees, the people that... uh, we're not like God. Uh, And the teachers of the law, guess what they begin to do? They begin to all mutter and murmur saying, this man, Jesus, he welcomes sinners and he eats with them. I mean, this is crazy, right? So here Jesus is. If you've ever thought about what would Jesus do or what did Jesus do when he was on earth? This verse really talks about it. He spent time with sinners, he gathered around people that didn't know him, were not like him, that, that needed him. Yeah. And it says that sinners loved him so much that they actually like would invite him over to eat. I mean, how awesome is that? That people were, that were not like him, liked him. Yeah. And so the Pharisees, this blew their mind. I mean, they were so shocked about this. How could a religious man hang out with unreligious people? And how could unreligious people like a religious person? See, there was something just about the character of Jesus that we'll soon see in this that, that attracted yeah. sinners and, and, and lost people. Yeah. And so this is the question, really, that is, that is asked. And so Jesus goes on to tell three stories that's really in direct response to this question. How could Jesus spend time with them? How could somebody not like them spend time with them? And so he says, okay, let me answer that question with three stories. And so very familiar passage of scripture, three stories. One of them you've heard probably a thousand times, but all of them tell the same principle and the same truth. So verse number two, it says this, then Jesus told them a parable. Suppose one of you have a hundred sheep and you lose one of them. Don't you leave the 99 in the open country and go after the one lost sheep till you find it? And so Jesus looks at the crowd, and he speaks to the men in the room. He speaks to the the shepherds in the room, and shepherds understood this. And he says, suppose you guys have a hundred sheep, and you lose one of them. Wouldn't you go after that one of them? And the shepherds are all nodding their head like, absolutely, we would do that, because that sheep would matter. If you're an economist, that may not matter to you because you're like, I still got 99. We're all good. I mean, minus one, it's okay. But to a shepherd, not true. Yeah. To a shepherd, that sheep would be valuable. And so he's speaking to the shepherds in the room. And he's saying, if something is lost, doesn't that become the, the center of your attention? Doesn't that become the object of your affection? Right. Not the thing that is secured, but the thing that is lost. That when you lose something, your focus Shifts from the things that are found to the things that are lost. Now, you guys get this, right? Because we've all lost something. Have you ever lost something? You've lost your car keys, you lost your kids, you lost. No? Come on, every parent's been there at least once. Like, where's my child at? Well, I'm notorious at losing things. In fact, for Christmas one year, Kelsey bought me one of these, Kelsey Mendelson on the front row, this tile thing, because uh, we're co-workers together in Virginia, and I lost my laptop and my keys and everything all the time. The irony of it is I don't know if I ever actually put it on anything that I usually lost, but I'm just bad at losing things. Um, And and one time, uh, Jennifer and I, we were playing volleyball with some people. I'm throwing this video out. This is a way back video. I'm sorry, but um, she didn't know I was going to show you this video. This is eight years ago. This is before HD. iPhone original. I'm going to move this so you can see it very clearly, but I want to illustrate what it looks like to lose something. This is her wedding ring, by the way. And Sean is not a good metal detector <laughs> so waiver. He does not quite have the technique down yet. <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> He's gonna be here all night. If you get it, exactly. you get there it is. Oh. It. You think that that? oh, give me your hand, my hand. Yeah, just take your hand. Did you find it? You no, know, it's Did it, so I don't think it picked pick that up. up. Yeah. it's still there. Oh, whoa, was that it? Was that it? I just saw something. What? Why saw, is it beeping still? Because there's something. Maybe she it should be beeping, Jennifer. Yeah, what was it? Right there. Right back. That What's that? Tricky. Oh, it is. No. Oh, right there. It's something. It's something, it? but it would be on the surface. Do you, you think? Ra- oh, no. that's <laughs> still It's up. a gum wrapper. Is that really doing that? Oh, great. Now we're going to be... Up gum rack. Now we're just going to be... Oh, that's in the area. Hold on, slow down. Slow it down. Right, right here. Again? Oh, my gosh. This is right here. i knew. We should stop right there because it's just more screaming and more feet for the next 10 minutes. But you get the point. When something is valuable to you and you lose it, what do you do? You search for it. The fact that you search for it shows how valuable it is to you. And so Jesus is demonstrating this principle. He says, if you had some lost sheep and it's valuable to you, you would go and you would would look for it. And so just as you would track down one lost sheep, just as you would leave the 99 and go after the one, so too have I come to leave the found and find the lost. I actually came on a rescue mission, and he goes on to tell them that specifically. He says, and when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders. When we found that ring, there was a lot of joy, was there not? He says, and then in the same Way or, or sorry, he calls all of his friends and his neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I found what? My lost sheep. And so I tell you this, that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner. One sinner who repents than over 99 religious people, righteous people who do not need wow. to repent. Wow. Wow. So he's saying heaven rejoices. Over the one person that was far from God, didn't know God, didn't trust God, didn't like God. When that person comes to know God, when the person that is lost is now found, there is rejoicing. There's so much rejoicing that heaven throws them a party. And so see this, and he looks at the crowd, see this is why I've come. This is why I hang out with lost people. Because in our heavenly Father's eyes, they are lost. And so he goes on and in the most whimsical way, in a way that only Jesus can do, he decides to speak to another group. He spoke to the men first. He said, okay, shepherds. Now he decides to speak to the women. I love how Jesus works. He knows how to wrap his arms around everybody. And so he speaks to the women of the day that would really be disenfranchised in a setting like that. And he says, okay, now let me speak to you. He says, suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. You're like, tell me about the silver coins. What's the big deal about the silver coins, right? Uh, Back in the day, uh, a a father would give a a daughter 10 silver coins And what they would do is they would take these coins, it was often said, and sew them into this headband. Uh, in, in a sense. And, and the, the woman would wear this headband and it would actually be kind of like a, a sign of a dowry uh, to, to the woman that, or to the man rather, sorry, that she would uh, become married to. And so this was a symbol, almost like an engagement ring of what would be to come and just the, the, the goodness of the father. And so if she only had eight or nine coins in that headband of 10, she would be very embarrassed. It would be a big deal. She would not want to go out of the house. It would be something that really was gut-wrenching to her because this is something uh, that was very, very special. And so he says, Suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search it carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls all of her friends. Next one here. She calls her friends and her neighbors together and says, again, rejoice. There's always rejoicing. Are you seeing the pattern? Lost, seek, find, rejoice. If you need points, there you go. Okay, there's the pattern. Rejoice with me. I found my lost coin. And in the same way, Jesus says, in the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of angels of God over one sinner who repents. I love this. Two different stories to two different groups of people because he says, I want everybody to know this is all of our responsibility. This is something that all of us should understand that when one child, one student, one person, one friend, one family member is lost... They have to become the center of your attention. They have to and should be the object of your or affection. And when you do, you will become fully alive. Because what you'll do is you'll not just sync up with me, but you'll sync up to my purposes. And when you're connected to the person in me, but also why I came, you're never more like the Father. You're never more like me. You're never more like Jesus. than when you understand, I got a heart for people. I came for, for lost things, yeah. and so the people in, in the room that day, I'm sure they're like, okay, Jesus, like, so you're calling me a sheep. Okay, you're calling me a coin. In fact, I'm a little offended. Um, can you just boil it down a little bit? Can we Can we get this down to my level? I get the sheep thing. I get the coin thing, but... Those are kind of like things that are spatially lost, but I don't really, that, I don't think you're talking to me. Jesus said, okay, let me give you one more story and take it a step further and let me talk about something that's not spatially lost, but relationally lost. And so he goes on to describe a story that many of you guys have heard a thousand times. It's called the story of the prodigal son. And if you've never heard this story, it's your first time in church, let me kind of uh, set up the story for you. Um, There is a father, and he has two sons, and um, one of the sons basically goes to the dad and uh, says, hey, I I wish you were dead, because when you die, then I could have my inheritance. In which the religious people hearing this, they would have gasped, just like you and I would have. Imagine if we're standing there with our neighbors, and we're hearing this conversation, two boys and a dad, and the boy's like, dad, I wish you would die so I could have this. And that's what's playing out here. I mean, that is the setting. And so the dad looks at the son and he so desires a relational connection with the son. He so desires to be in relationship with him. He says, okay, I'll give you that. If that's all it takes for us to have a relationship, for us to be close, sure. And so he gives it to him. And so the story goes on that this young buck, he... Takes the money and he goes, as all of us probably would, and he goes and he heads to the big city. He buys a condo, a condo, he gets a bunch of prostitutes, and he just starts inviting his friends and partying the night away. I mean, he is like Jersey shoring it, fist bump. That's a 90s reference, I think. I don't know. I mean, he's just like, party like a rock star here. But the money runs out, and the fun runs out, and he finds himself kind of in the pig pen. And so he starts rehearsing this speech. He's like, okay, this is miserable. This is not what I had hoped for. This is not kind of how I thought it would all play out. I thought this thing would make me fully alive. I thought money would be kind of the end all be all. I thought if I had this, I would have joy. And the people there are like, okay, Jesus, this story's getting interesting now. But where are you going with this? And so the young man starts rehearsing this speech, and he says, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go back to the father, and I've seen how his servants live, and maybe he'll just, he may never accept me as a son. He may never welcome me back, but maybe he'll just let me be like one of the servants. Maybe we can be relationally connected that way, because I'm sure I've lost out on his love. I'm sure I've lost out on his care. I'm sure he's, you know, at a place where he'll never forgive me for what I've done. So if I can just come back, maybe, 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 maybe I can just be a servant. And that's where we pick up the story in uh, chapter 20. And it says this. So the son got up and he went to the father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. I love this because we could spend, I really could have spent the whole time on this scripture today. That while he was a long way off, the father saw him. Notice that when he got up and he headed in the direction of the Father, the Father saw him. Yeah, that's so good. If you're in here today and you're far from God, God sees you. He sees you. No matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter what lifestyle you've lived, he sees you. He designed this moment for you. He sees you. Not only does he see you, but he's, he's filled with compassion. The Bible says the father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. Not anger for him. Not, not like I want to bash him over the head and give him a lesson. Not like I told you so. so. No, Compassion no matter what you've done, no matter how you've messed up, when you come to your senses, that's what it said about this boy, when he came to his senses and realized my only hope is in the Father. When you come to your senses and realize that your only hope is in Jesus, you will find a Jesus, a God that is not angry, not mad, not waiting to punish you, but is filled with compassion for you, filled with love for you, So much love that he ran to his son. Like a movie where you see you know, that airport scene of like the guy and the girl and they've been like far from each other and they're just running for that embrace. It's what I picture in my head of this father that it's like, there's my son. I couldn't imagine if this, is, this was my son and we had been distant and, you know, I see him come back. Of course I would run to him. Of course I would chase after him. Of course I would show him my love. And that's exactly what Jesus goes on to describe. He throws his arms around him, he says the father, father and kisses him. Next verse of scripture. He says, uh, and the son says to him, father, I've sinned. Father, I've been lost. Father, I've done my own thing. I've sinned against heaven and I've sinned against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, the boy thought he would be a servant. The father said to his servants, quick, he will not be a servant. Bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger. Put sandals on his feet. Bring the nicest calf. Kill it. Let's have a feast. Let's celebrate. Why is there celebration? Because here's the pattern. Lost. Found. Celebrate. Lost found. Celebrate for this son of mine. He was dead. He was dead in his sins. He was dead in his way of thinking, but he is alive again. He's come to his senses. He's come to the Father. He was lost, but now he is found, and so let's celebrate. Let's celebrate. And then he ends the story. And he looks at the tax collectors and the or for the Pharisees rather and he says see this is why people that don't like me like me this is why people that that are not like me want to be around me because i welcome sinners because they recognize that they're the they're the object of my affection They're the apple of my eyes. And so two two applications that I think this story that has three little stories hold today. And the first is this, that uh, if you're in here today and you're lost, um, God cares more really about you than he does about me in this moment. It's the 99. He would leave to go after the one. Not crazy? You might be thinking, I don't know. I'm kind of offended by the whole lost thing. Kind of offended that he would call me lost. Well, if you lose something, right? Or, or, let me say it this way: you only call things lost that are valuable. All of us have things that are lost that we wouldn't say are lost like where's your high school yearbook I don't know but you wouldn't say it's lost but the things you call lost they're lost because they're valuable to you and so the fact that he would call you lost actually shows his value in you And so don't be offended by that. It actually shows the heart of a father. It actually shows how much he cares about you. You are the lost coin. You are the lost sheep. You are the prodigal. It's three stories. That's one bigger story. Just to describe to you, you are it. He is hes desperately, madly, passionately in love with you. Luke 19.10, he came for you to seek and to save that which was lost. And so, if you're lost, the Father is here. He sees you. And when you come to your senses and you realize that you need Him today, He's ready, arms open wide, filled with compassion to meet you, to embrace you, to give you the best, a life of hope, a future of hope. You think, well, I've done too much. I don't know if God can do that through me. Just like the servant. Maybe I can just be a servant. And, and Jesus was illustrating, no, you will be a son. You are a son. You will always be a son. There's nothing that you could have ever done that would take that sonship away. No, you are a son. You are a daughter. He is he's, he's desperate for you. And so if you're in here, this, this service was designed for you. If you're lost. For you to recognize That God loves you. And today, if you give your life to him, there'll be a party in heaven. Lost, found, rejoice. That is the attitude that as a church, that is why every week when people give their lives to Christ at the end of service, I say, let's celebrate afterwards. I'm not trying to hype you. No, it's a biblical pattern that we see, that when lost are found, we rejoice. And so all you're doing when you celebrate, you're not like stroking my ego. No, you're joining in with heaven. You're joining in with the party. You're joining in with the angels. And so it would make us thrilled today if you're in here today. And you are lost to introduce you to a Savior so you could be found. And then you have to know there is a whole church that is joining with heaven, ready to rejoice in your decision today. And then there's a second application, and I think it's for the found in the room today. And I want to open up that application by asking another question. And the question is this, that if you are found, have you joined your heavenly Father? in the search are you a searcher okay guys I'm about to go I commission you searchers go search tell may that be your responsibility that once you are found now you go look for the lost you know I was thinking about this and a way to illustrate this and I want you to imagine with me. Um, I want you to imagine with me that uh, we all decided to go camping. Okay, anybody hate camping? Just pretend you like it. You're sleeping in RVs. We're all in tents. But we decide to go camping and all of us go, like all, you know, two, 300 of us, whatever's in the room. We all go camping. And um, we're all there. Your family's there, my family's there, my little boy's with us. And we're camping and all of a sudden, Jennifer and I realize at some point that Samuel has went missing. And we are out in the woods. We are far away from anything. And Samuel is lost. And Jennifer and I, we recognize it and quickly we rally all of you guys around us. And almost in like sheer terror, because that's what the moment would be, I look at you guys and I'm like, I can't find my son, he's lost. Like I get emotional even thinking about it and this is a made up story. (laughs) But he's lost, he was wearing like a navy blue jacket, he's 45 pounds, he's like up to my waist. And he's lost like will you help me go find him? and we all like one two three break you know and we take off jennifer and i take off and i'm like babe you go right i'll go left and i take off running into the woods and i'm screaming samuel samuel where are you samuel it's daddy sam where are you jennifer's on the other side of the woods and i can hear her voice saying sam sam it's mommy where are you Sam, are you there? Samuel. And we are looking and we are running and we are we are peeling behind you know back every bush and we're like Samuel 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 and while we're searching you guys go back to the campfire and you start talking about searching maybe you read some books about searching you decide to roast some marshmallows and sing about searching and then the night falls and you know the sun comes back up and Jennifer and I we're still searching we're still looking and you guys make some pancakes and scramble some eggs or whatever you do when you camp and you're like, I hope they're having fun. You're still talking about searching you're still thinking about searching, but nobody joins in the search because what was valuable to me apparently isn't valuable to you. What was lost to me didn't matter to you. And you talk about it and you think about it and you, you know, whatever, 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 but Jennifer and I are the only ones searching. As a parent, how would that make us feel? If what was my priority wasn't your priority, if the thing that was lost, you guys didn't care about helping, find. And I think about the opportunity that we have every day. As we come to church, we talk about searching, we sing about searching, we read books about searching, We open up our Bible about searching, but what if none of us searched? I wonder how our Heavenly Father, and this isn't meant to like, you know, maybe it convicts you, let that be God, this isn't meant to like tear you down, but I wonder how God would feel if we spent our whole lives singing about searching, talking about searching, reading about searching, but we never actually searched that what was his priority is not our priority, that what was his command isn't us, you know, it's just like, I wonder how he would feel. And I just have this conviction that that if the ones he has called searchers refuse to search, that somewhere along the way we'll feel the absence of the one who has called us to search. Because Jesus showed up where there was lost things. You want to have a church where the presence of God is always there and moving and powerful? Then search. Because he is attracted to things that are lost. That doesn't mean that the thing that is found is not valuable. God loves you. We were all lost. Thank God somebody searched for you. Thank God somebody found you and brought you to Jesus. But now, may it not be about just being found, but may it be about searching. And so have you joined our Father in heaven searching? Imagine Samuel out in the woods, his four-year-old brain, I'm sure, would be praying the whole time for his mommy and daddy to find him. This week, as we head into Easter, there are people in our city that are praying, I promise you. They are praying to be found. And and, and here's what I think. You can be a part of someone's answered prayer, praying for someone to search. May you go into this week as we have Easter as an opportunity. do we make such a big deal out of Easter and Christmas? Because for whatever reason, lost people are more open to those two services than any other time of the year. The word church is is Googled around Easter more than any other time. And so guess what? There are people praying right now for an invitation, but you have to go and give it. And so this week, I want to commission you like, actually, God's already done it. As Christians, you have been commissioned. Searcher. Searcher. So let's search. See, it's not just about having a big church service next weekend. Like, that's, that's not what's going to, you know... Jennifer and I aren't gonna go home and pat ourselves on the back because there was like a lot of people at Easter. No, we wanna know, did anybody get found? (laughs) Was there anybody lost that met Jesus and their life was changed forever? This church's mission statement so that people far from God would become fully alive in Christ. Jennifer and I didn't come to Louisville. We didn't start a church to just be a church of found people, hanging out with found people all of our lives. I love you, but we all have a job, and it's to search. And so, can we go search? Can we go search? Somebody is lost, waiting to be found and heaven is ready to rejoice. And so, are you up for the challenge? Next week, you have an opportunity to invite, to search. And I promise you, I promise you, if you'll, you'll join with our heavenly father in that mission, you will feel more fully alive than you could ever imagine. Next week, if you have somebody far from God sitting beside you, there will be something in you that feels so alive. I cannot describe it. I I, I cannot put it exactly into words. But when you sink up to his purpose, you just feel more like God created you to be than you could ever imagine. And so, may we search. May people be found. And may we rejoice with heaven next week. Thanks for listening to the Life Point Louisville podcast. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the good news of Jesus, you can give by visiting lifepointlou.org forward slash give or text LCLOU to 77977. Thanks so much. We hope you have an incredible week.